0: The following pre-recorded program is paid for by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom.
1: Hey, you guys. Welcome. Glad you're on board with us today. I hope you've tuned in for a reason that we're going to talk about something you really need to hear today. So welcome to all the moms, dads and kids who listen to us. So grateful to have you on board. I am Jenny. And this is channel mom where we encourage moms because moms are a really big deal. Okay, question for you. Do you have some really big issues with your children? that you wish somebody would just fix for you. Maybe it's a sibling rivalry thing or a sibling understanding or empathy. Maybe your kids need to have empathy and grace for each other. We have got our Counselor for Moms in the house today to address those kind of questions. It's free counseling, folks, so I hope you'll stick around because she has really good stuff, really good tips that are gonna help you and help your kids get along. So stay tuned for all that right here on Channel Mom right after 60 seconds to hear from our amazing sponsors. parents we want to see our children run for more than gold in their personal race of faith in Jesus Christ this summer at Idrahaji one of Colorado's top summer camps we'll explore how to train for a future eternity during a week of amazing Rocky Mountain adventure from rock climbing to swimming horse rides hiking and so much more there's something for your child to enjoy Idrahaji is full of faith and full of fun register now while spots remain at Idrahaji.org that's I-D-R-A-H-A-J-E
0: The Life Center in Littleton is here for you. Whether you or someone you know needs help with groceries, GED prep, finding community, or figuring out what faith in Jesus really means, the Life Center wants to help. Located just south of downtown Littleton, we exist to offer our community practical help and lasting hope. Find out more at LifeCenterLittleton.org. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you.
1: Hey, welcome back to Channel Mom. I do want to urge you... Check out our friends at uh, LifeCenterLittleton.org. It's a nonprofit. It's a ministry. They can help families in so many ways, and they always need volunteers. So check them out. You heard about them in the break, LifeCenterLittleton.org. Uh, they do all kinds of things for single moms as well. Okay, so I do this little thing called a Mom Market shout-out where I welcome our moms from different markets. Today let's focus on Little Rock, the precious people that we have there who listen to Faith Talk, the precious mothers all around Little Rock. So grateful for you. And also the Inland Empire in California – Uh, At 102.5 The Vine, so grateful for you as well. I just hope that we are serving you. Please write us if there's something that you uh, would like us to address or something that you'd like us to talk about or even just to say hello to you. I would take names. You can email us at channelmom at gmail. That's channelmom at gmail. Okay, so look. We all would like people to think that our household is running – Smoothly, perfectly, beautifully, everyone gets along. There are never any problems, never any financial issues, never any disputes, never any disagreements, never any messes. But that would be a lie. (laughs) Um, I posted not too long ago a picture of my son's before and after of going off to college. I mean, I would fear for my life when I stepped into his room because I could fall to my death because of the way he kept his room. And I have to be honest. I thought to myself, is there something wrong with the way I've raised him, that he keeps his room like this. And then my kids also have wacko sleep issues. Like they, they stay up till 3 a.m. and then they want to sleep till noon or they, they go to sleep at 6 p.m. and then they wake up at midnight and do homework for three hours, whatever it is. Uh, definitely. Almost daily, I question my parenting and what have I done wrong to cause issues. And so that is why I bring my lovely friend on, Jamie Kirkbride, who is our counselor for moms. She's here for free for you to answer your questions. She's a licensed counselor. She runs uh, an operation called Parenting with Personality. She knows all about and has studied how to deal with the different personalities of children. You can find her at parentingwithpersonality.com. Com or .org. Com. And uh, she's here today to answer your questions. We did do a little shout out to moms on Facebook and said, hey, do you have any questions? And we did get some questions. So we're going to start with those. But, but Jamie, well, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. And is there anything before we launch into some of these questions that we received that you would just want to say to moms about their parenting struggles about not completely understanding their children or how to address their children or how to address their children's problems? Is there anything you just want to start us off with?
0: I just want to encourage you. I think I I like to think of us as moms, as students of our children. And so I think it's just really important that we give ourselves that grace, that this is a learning process. And if we can pray that our eyes and our minds and our heart could be wide open in how we approach our kids, I think we'll see a totally different result. And I think it's a more encouraging way to approach parenting. Yeah, I've
1: always loved that. It's like you're going to school oh, yeah. and, and you are
0: studying your child. And each child is like a new subject. It's not just, you know, one size fits all. Yeah. And you've got a full seven subjects. because I do. <laughs> I have a full schedule. <laughs>
1: you do. I only have two subjects to study. Um, you've got a full schedule. So, so you know of what you speak and, and both in your counseling background, but also with raising seven kids. You happen to be a little bit more of an expert with boys than with girls, but we
0: I have six boys and one girl. So yeah. yes, we have a little more education in those subjects. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes, in the boy <laughs> subjects. Okay, so we did have a mom write in um, and she does have a question. Are we allowed to share her name? Do you know what her name?
0: You know, I didn't ask that. So yeah, okay, we so not. we
1: will not share her name. But she um, listens to us regularly, so I just want to thank her. A little shout out to this precious mother who listens to us regularly and thank you for having the courage to ask a question. And I want to announce that this is an ongoing thing with Jamie. We are really trying more and more to take your questions because this is our opportunity to offer you free counseling for from Jamie. And if you're having an issue and you're out in tears on the living room floor and you think, I cannot handle this for one more week, this is your opportunity to write us on Facebook, email us at channel mom at gmail, call us on air. Uh, today, today we're not taking calls, but for future reference, 303-873-1935, and you can call with your question. This precious woman did uh message us on Facebook and ask this question of Jamie. She said, we have a big span of age between our older three kids and our youngest How do you help the older siblings to remember their siblings and not another parent? And then she's got some follow-up questions, but go ahead.
0: I think that's a great question. And that's one that we've actually run into with our own group of kids. You know, our oldest is 24. Our youngest is five. We have tons of ages in between. And a lot of times we call on them to step in and be in charge, say when we ask them to babysit. But then it does sometimes cloud that line when everybody's home.
1: Yeah. She says, I just want to mention this part. She says we can have a lot of friction between the older kiddos and our youngest because they think they need to help her obey, do things right, or they think she gets away with too much stuff, essentially.
0: And those are often the issues. And so I think one of the things we've really had to do is to clarify, when we're home, don't worry about the parenting. We've got that. And one thing, kind of a catchphrase we use in our family is anyone can give a kind reminder, one kind reminder. And so whether it's a younger one, maybe kind of helping encourage an older one or an older one encouraging a younger one, it's okay to give what we call a kind reminder. So it might be like, Oh, are we supposed to do that? Or, you know, maybe you better think twice or, Oh, did that sound kind? Those kind of things are okay because I think that's a healthy accountability within our families. But if it comes to consequences, if it comes to following up after that one kind reminder, then as parents, we want to be quick to step in and take that burden so that the older ones don't feel conflicted and feel the, the need to jump in and the younger ones don't feel like all of a sudden they have a massive number of parents.
1: So let's, let's break this down. If the parents are home, they can say to their older siblings or even to the younger, we're not correcting each other when mom or dad, we don't need to correct each other when mom and dad are home. Cause we've got it. We've got the parenting thing. However, we would welcome people uh, issuing one kind reminder. You can give right. one kind reminder to your brother or sister and that's it. And then we'll take over from there. If we're home, what okay. about, if you're not home and someone's
0: babysitting. Absolutely. In those times, we are putting them in a place where they have to have some follow through. And the, the younger siblings need to grow that respect for the older siblings and what they're saying to them. So we have covered with them, what do you do when you have a sibling that doesn't listen? How do you graciously get them to respond? And so we've talked through, you know, give them the kind reminder just like you would normally. Should they not respond to a kind reminder when we're not here, then you may say, do you need to take a break? Now, some kids will just kind of get on course and be like, yikes, that means we're getting close to needing to sit and time out or, yeah. you know, that a consequence is soon to follow. But, you know, asking them that question, do we need to take action is basically what you're saying. Do we need to shut the TV off? Do you need to take a break? Giving them that chance to self-correct. If they don't self-correct, we've instructed our older ones, it's okay to have them go sit where they would normally sit to kind of get themselves pulled back together. That okay, So
1: they can ask a question in a disciplinary manner, like, hey, do we need to turn off the TV? Do we need mm-hmm. to take away your smartphone or whatever? Although your youngest ones don't have smartphones yet. But thankfully, not yes, yet. yes. <laughs> but and my mind didn't have smartphones till they were 15. Right. I don't say that in a bragging but way. Electronics I
0: electronics or some yeah, other yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Exactly. Do we need to take away something? Do you need to go sit there and gather yourself? Mm -hmm. So they can do it in in sort of almost a question leading manner, but they can't sort of say, now it's time for a spanking or now I'm going to ground you
0: or. Absolutely. And so we've kind of encouraged our older ones that if it gets to the point where you have to take action, sit them down and let them take a break. You know, one minute per year of age is what we usually recommend. So if they're dealing with a four year old sibling, they would set a timer for four minutes. And after four minutes, hopefully that child is ready to come back to it, make an apology and get back on track, playing, doing whatever else. I think also teaching the older ones the art of distraction. You know, a lot of kids start misbehaving when they're just bored.
1: Amen, yeah. And I
0: think if we can stay on top of keeping them involved in things, keeping them doing things, sometimes humor is a distraction. So maybe the older ones just need to learn, you know, how to get a child who's misbehaving onto something else. Like, oh, that looks like we're headed toward trouble. What if we go do puzzles instead? You know, um, yikes, I don't think that's something we'd do if mom was here. How about we grab a book and read a story? You
1: sound so calm when you say that. Do your kids really, do they really abide by that
0: script? I mean, I guess you're not spying on them, so you don't know. But... I, I don't spy on them, but I think when it's when it's the language we model for them, yes. I think they can learn that. And so even as a parent, I really try to resort to distraction before coming on heavy-handed.
1: Well, and you crack me up because you're able to say, we were talking once about your son who's a little bit of a hoarder sometimes and coming from the pantry right. with arms full of food. And you saying right. <laughs> to him, I was like, I would have never thought to say this. You said to him, hey, bud, it looks like you're a little hungry. And I was just like, <laughs> how did you come up with that calm little like observation? I would have been like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I applaud you for having that calm uh, reaction. Let, let me get on to her next question. You bet. This is her follow-up question. She says, how do you help them, the older siblings, and maybe the younger ones toward the older ones as well, how do you help these siblings to learn that grace, kindness, and encouragement go a lot further than bossiness or demands?
0: One of the things we've used a lot in our in our home is having kind of a buddy system where an older child is is kind of teamed up with a younger one to accomplish certain tasks. So say we're getting ready on a Sunday morning. Each of our older kids is kind of assigned one of the younger kids that they help kind of keep them on task to get dressed, get teeth brushed, shoes on, ready to go. So that's kind of a buddy system that works. And they kind of get in this groove of knowing that they have to respond to somebody else that's encouraging them to do something. So I'm still in the house. I'm still kind of watching and hearing how things are going, but it it involves this healthy sense of, hey, I'm looking out for you. You know, I know mom set your clothes out. Is it time to get dressed now? Great, good job. And, And they learn the art of encouraging them when the job is well done. And when they work well with their partner, things go smoothly. And so I think we're giving them those opportunities of learning to see what approaches work, What approaches don't work? And if I hear an approach that is not working, I'm quick to respond to the living room and be like, excuse me, I didn't talk to you when you were little like that. And I don't want you to speak to your sibling that way. Uh And I give them that reminder that, you know, you were little once and I cared about how people spoke to you. So let's be mindful of how you're saying it. There's even been occasions where if, you know, if one of them is helping them get ready for bed and I hear them kind of losing their patience or being rude or demanding older child to a younger child going in and saying, you know, why don't, why don't we switch jobs? I was in cleaning up the kitchen. Why don't you go ahead and do that? And I'll take over here.
1: You were meant to mother and seven then, children because I don't think I would have remained that calm in some of those situations. I mean, it's not like I beat my children, but, right. but I definitely wouldn't have come to this sort of, okay, let's switch jobs. I mean, I, I, I applaud you for it. Did, did, have you ever seen a light bulb go on with our kids like the she's asking to, where they discover that grace and encouragement works better than commands? Absolutely.
0: And I think sometimes it's in those moments where it's like, you know, no, no teenager really wants to go clean the kitchen they would really rather stay and help the little one. All oh, right, And so all of a sudden they're given a task that is less desirable because the task you asked them to do, they weren't doing with a gracious manner. Uh-huh. And then the next time they're called upon to do that, hopefully they will remember what happens if you can't handle it in a graceful manner. And I might even follow up with that that teenager later and be like, hey, I heard you using a tone of voice that just sounded disrespectful and and rude. You know, if I hear that next time, there's going to have to be a consequence for that. Today, we just shifted tasks, but I want you to understand that your words are powerful. And I think it's so important, Jenny, as a parent, I have those same feelings where I want to jump into something with emotion, but it's so important that we remember adding emotion to the emotion that's already happening will only make a volcano effect. So I really, really encourage parents, you know, take that extra breath, think that extra two seconds and approach it with a calm that you may not even feel on the inside. And I think sometimes what comes out of our mouth doesn't always match what we what we really wish we could say, but I can guarantee that it's worth that extra few seconds to pick the words you really want to use. Well, first of
1: all, you're going to be modeling better for your child if you wait and pause and then speak better than you wanted to speak. Um, second of all, if you set up that habit, maybe it's a habit your child can get themselves. I, when my kids were younger, I would lock myself in my prayer closet. I don't need to go in my prayer closet anymore because my kids are older and they, they're, they're Often about and they, I don't really need that private place. But right. they would pound on my prayer closet while I was trying to gather myself and pray to God that I didn't say something I would regret. And finally, what I would say to parents to piggyback on what you're saying is, remember the regret you're going to feel if you say what you really want to say and Absolutely. you don't pause and say something that is much wiser to say. Right. And again, you're not going to be modeling well for your children if you choose to say that emotional thing.
0: Right. And the truth is, Jenny, I've blown it sometimes. I've blown it. You know, I can remember walking in a room and being like, what on earth? Why are you raising your voices at each other? And in the process, I'm raising my voice. Sure, you know? sure, sure, sure. Those sure. moments you kind of feel like a oops, you know, I, I goofed that one. And it's so important to be able to go back and be like, you know what? I am sorry that i I came into this room and I raised my voice. Mm. What you needed in that moment was for someone to calmly say, that's not okay. So if I had to do it again, this is what I would do instead. I've had those moments where I just have to retrace my steps and maybe do a do over myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And give yourself the grace to do that. I think our kids respect us a lot when we can just admit I goofed and this is how I wish I had done it. Absolutely, and trust me, I have plenty of those moments. It's too. good.
1: It's it's good modeling, and I have seen how my eldest, my son, is pretty able to say sorry. I don't even know if he got that from me, but I was cognizant of when I said sorry to him that I was hoping he paid attention and and followed through. Absolutely. I'm looking at her last question. I think. Um, And and here it is. She says, our youngest has some extreme ways of showing her displeasure at things and can often throw some pretty fantastic fits. Mm -hmm. She's going to be a good actress someday if she wants to be. Mm -hmm. I think my older kids sometimes see the hurt feelings or exhaustion or stress that can be caused by their sister's behavior, and they can seem to be resentful about it or even protective of me as a mom, as she's saying. How do you help the older kids to respond with empathy or compassion or to try to help them understand what may be behind some of the little one's Mm -hmm. behaviors? But here's a little side. I have we also don't want to endorse horrible behavior by the little one and say you just need to be compassionate you just need to be encouraging I mean sure they do need to be compassionate but how do you draw that line where no that isn't that it wasn't okay that she did that but this is the response I want you to have toward her
0: that is tough and we face that in our family too especially because we have one that has some in, invisible Disabilities. I mean, you know, some issues with ADHD, some oppositional behavior, anxiety, depression. You know, we have that little one that easily erupts and affects the whole family. And we've had to, to do a couple different things for that. Number one, we've had to model ourselves, like almost slow ourselves down to talk through what we're doing in hopes that they learn to do the same. So sometimes when we have our little one that's throwing that massive fit, I might even verbalize in front of them, I am, I'm, I'm going to try to figure out what's really going on with him right now. Is he tired? Is he hungry? Is he, is he, is he sad or scared about something? And I kind of model the language that I want to go on in their head. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we can quickly run through that, but if we slow ourselves down, we're teaching other people in the home to do the same thing. Um, is there a reason that he might not be able to do this task? Am I expecting too much of him for what he's capable? so, Letting them hear kind of some of those filter questions that we use in our own mind, but purposely voicing those for them. I think another thing that, that I think is so important, and this kind of fits with the last question, too, is that we praise when it works well. If you have an older child that responds out of empathy, grace, understanding, whatever it is to a younger child, stop and appreciate that moment. Let them know. You know, we had one the other night um, one of our little ones was having a massive meltdown and I truly had hit my limit and was on the verge of tears myself. And I just needed to take a break. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. thankfully my, my two teenage sons both came up to me, "Um, mom, what is it that we can do to help right now? Do we need to let him be, or do you want us to go try to help him? And so, you know, letting them know what those steps are for showing empathy, you know, because some moments he needs to just be left alone and he doesn't need to be coddled or he doesn't need to be, um, distracted. He needs to just kind of sit with his stuff. Mm -hmm. And so checking in with me first gives them that direction from that point. Mom, is this a let him sit moment or is this a, we need to kind of intervene. And they did feel protective of me. And so I did say, you know what, I would like you to follow up with that. The way he's treating me isn't okay. And so they were able to go in and kind of say, you know, let's get back on track. What mom asked is that you get in the bathtub. As soon as you get out of the bathtub, I can help you brush your teeth. Let's see how fast we can get it done. And so they were able to jump in in a constructive way that allowed them to feel some healthy amount of protectiveness for me, but also be constructive on what they were adding with the child that was well, So they sort of
1: honored him and they played into his spirit of uh, accomplishment where they were saying, let's see how fast we can get it done. Let's, yeah. let's try to impress mom.
0: Yeah, that's a right. great idea, and brilliant. They were, and they were able to drop some of those things while they were in there like, you know, buddy, um, mom's pretty sad out there right now because some of the words you said were hurtful. And you know, and all of a sudden he's seeing that there's this brother that came in to care about me and it's a voice he's gonna listen to in that moment. So yeah. they're able to plant those messages because there is that empathy and understanding. And then this is the part I think is so important is the praise for that you know I went to both of those teenage sons later that evening and I said I just want you to know how much it meant to me that you showed empathy for where he was at but that you cared to help me in that moment and what I needed I want you to know what maturity that is and I think when we stop and we notice that for them it kind of gives them this feeling of wow you saw I did it right I did it well yeah and it makes them want to do more of it absolutely and so I think it's important you know whether it's small things like you know, maybe even noticing for a little one, you know, I saw Carter ask you to go brush your teeth and you got up immediately and went and did it. Way to go. Yeah, yeah. I love when I see you guys work together, you know, complimenting both sides of that makes the one more eager to be responsive to older siblings, but it also makes the older siblings feel appreciated for when they take time to do it right.
1: It occurs to me that, um, boys respond to protection Uh, the times that my son has been best with his younger sister is when he has felt the need to protect her or felt the need to come to her rescue or felt the need to comfort her I mean he he definitely takes the boy kind of traditional stereotype role of I'm stronger I'm bigger and I can help her and those are the times that I saw him most love on her uh, most reduce his desire to one-up her or put her down or whatever he would take over with the protective mode so so I see that your sons were doing that, that there, there's this sort of natural instinct thing, not with every boy, but with a lot of boys, mm-hmm. like I want to step in and be a protector. How do we get our girls' siblings? I think they often want to nurture. So, so I, what I guess I'm getting at is if there's any mom out there dealing today with sibling rivalry and they think, I just want to get my kids to love each other and be kind to each other, what can you tap into in their natural instincts to get them to, to extend that to their sibling?
0: I would say, first of all, look for those opportunities. You can team them up to work and accomplish something and feel successful. You know, we had some, some kids that were coming to breakfast late and the whole family was getting frustrated. Our, our house operates a lot on competitive nature. Maybe it's because we have six boys and one girl. Maybe it's because we're all into athletics. I don't know. But com- competition is a big thing for us. So we yeah. had this thing where um, we would see if the upstairs team or the downstairs team made it to breakfast first. Yeah. And then just kind of be like, oh, great, man. The upstairs team beat the downstairs team today. So it looks like upstairs team will have no chores or, you know, just something something fun that gets them working together and and when they're working together they're going to see man if I encourage him like hey guess what our team's ahead let's hurry up and get upstairs because I think the other ones I hear moving let's get moving and and they can kind of in a fun way encourage them that's going to be better than like come on you're late every morning to breakfast you know that's not going to get that strong-willed sibling out of bed any faster so you know setting up those opportunities where they can kind of be fun teams you know we even use family time as that where we do fun little games competitions and they have to encourage each other
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all fabulous advice. And I hope it's inspired you to know that you can Facebook message us when we solicit the, the messages. You can call us, you can email us uh, at channel mom at Gmail to ask Jamie these kinds of questions because you can get your, your, you know, parenting issues answered by Jamie for free. So Jamie, how do people find you if maybe they want to get a hold of you?
0: at parenting with as you mentioned or parenting with personality on instagram facebook twitter and i always welcome messages so if you go to parenting with personality on facebook and want to message me questions i would be more than happy to answer or maybe even use your question as a future blog post or a radio show like you mentioned
1: yeah fabulous we're going to try to have jamie on consistently the last friday of every month so that you know when you can ask her these questions um because she's our counselor for moms and we're grateful for her so thanks for being on channel mom today dear you bet i love it good thank you all right so well, this is the time in the show where I remind you that what you do is one of the most important jobs on the planet. You are raising up that next generation, whether the world acknowledges it or not. We all depend on you. It is a gift from God uh, to you that you've got that responsibility to raise your babies well, to do good in the world. What an honorable position! So I just am here to thank you for all the sacrifices, for everything you do, all the work you do to raise your babies well. Thank you so much, moms. Uh, and remember to, to tell other moms about us. Uh, they can find us at channelmom.com. They can stream us if. They don't, can't listen to us here in Denver or some of the other cities. Um, they can also uh, find us and uh, pray for us and donate to us or benefit from some of our outreaches. We are outreaching to moms in prisons and homeless shelters and in their homes, et cetera, et cetera, churches, so on and so forth. Okay, I'm done. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening today, and thanks for tuning in to Channel Mom.
2: But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our Donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom in her family.